Well, today is Mother's Day. It's a day where we honor our mothers for bringing us into this world and raising us up into the men and women that we are today. And it's a special day. It's a day of honor. Uh, it's a day where mothers who are doing and have done a, a well-done job, they can sit back and they can enjoy their children, giving them the honor that they so deserve. And I would encourage every single one of us to do that for our mothers today. Um, if they are still with us, make sure that you honor them and encourage them. Um, however, as happy of a day as this is, for many people, it is also a day of deep sadness. Um, a day where they are jerked back into the reality of their current situation. And, and while they may want to join in the happiness of those around them, it's extremely difficult. And I just want to say this morning, I can understand that. I get that. And the interesting thing about the body is that when one part of the body rejoices, the whole body wants to rejoice along with it. And when one part of the body suffers, the whole body uh, wants to suffer along with it, which makes this day so difficult because both of those things are happening. So this morning, I simply want to honor all of you women that are part of this body, part of this family called Whitestone. And so this morning, just, rather than just single out mothers, I would like to speak to all the women and honor all of you because all of you are deserving of it. And I want to start with you single women who are still waiting for God to bring a man into your life, a man who will love you and, and cherish you the way Christ does the church. And you have been waiting year after year, wondering when and if this man will ever come. My encouragement to you is that you would fall deeper in love with Jesus as you wait for that day. But you deserve honor this morning. I want to honor you women who have just recently got married and you're looking forward to the starting up of a family and having children and, and just everything is new and fresh. And I want to encourage you, may God give you wisdom as you draw closer to that day and may you lean on him. But you deserve honor today. I want to honor you women who have been married for several years now and you've tried and tried to have children, but for one reason or another you've not been able to. And it's difficult and it's hard. And you look around and you see everybody else building a family, but you can't seem to. I want to encourage you, may God hold you tight during this time as you don't know what the future holds. But you deserve honor today. I want to honor those women in our midst who have been married for a long time and you still haven't had children. And you've been the ants, the special ants to the, your siblings' children. You've been the one that they can come to and they can open up to and you mean more to them than you know. You have given them wisdom beyond what they can even imagine. And I just want you to know God treasures you and you deserve honor today. I want to speak to the mothers in our midst who have lost children. Children have died before their mother, and that just is not fair. And every Mother's Day, you wish you could put your arms around your child, but you can't. I want to just encourage you, may God scoop you up into your, his lap and wrap his arms around you and whisper the words you need to hear from him. But you deserve honor today. I want to honor the women who have gone through terrible and emotional pains of, of a miscarriage, a loss that no one can fathom unless you've gone through it. May the God of all comfort wrap his arms around you and hold you this morning. But you deserve honor this morning. 
want to honor you women who have small children, when you have to deal with stinky diapers and, and runny noses and sleepless nights. I want to encourage you, may you seek strength from God as you continue on, and it seemingly seems like this, this time frame is never going to end. It will. But you deserve honor today. I honor you women who have older children who have moved out of the house and who have already and continue to make horrible decisions. And it seems like they're ruining their lives. And your heart is breaking. May God be your source of strength as you live out these days on your knees. But you deserve honor today. I honor you mothers who look back at your motherhood with regret. You failed as a mother and you wish that you could do it all over again and right all the wrongs. May God heal that pain and speak truth to the to the lies that the enemy is trying to feed you. But you deserve honor this morning. I honor you women who are older mothers and you're nearing the end of your earthly life and it, it seems that you may not be as needed as you once were. Don't believe it for a second. May God use your wisdom to bless and instruct younger women around you. And may you sense God's smile on you this morning. You deserve honor this morning. I want to honor all the women in this room. Know this. Okay, hang on to this. You are the pinnacle of God's creation. The finale of his incredible creation. The earth was missing a key part without you. Man was lacking without you, but man was made complete with you. And so women of all ages in all walks of life, all facing different circumstances, I want you to know we honor you today and we thank God for you. Amen? Let's give a round of applause to our women. And women in the group, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes, I just want to speak this blessing over you. This comes from the Word of God. You may know it already. But women, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You know, it's interesting, but Mother's Day is probably, it's one of a few, uh, one of the hardest sermons for me to prepare for, and there's a number of reasons for that, but probably at the top of the list is, I'm not a mother. I don't think like a mother. I don't act like a mother. I don't understand what goes through a mother's head, you know, day in and day out. And I don't know, you know, what she feels or what emotions she might be experiencing from time to time. And that being true, it's hard for me to be able to stand up here and to offer advice and encouragement and counsel because I don't really identify. Does that make sense? You see what I'm saying? So I did a radical thing. I talked to my wife about this and I shared my, my frustration with her and she said, Luke, you don't have to understand women. You don't have to be a mother. You don't even have to know what's running through a woman's head because, Luke, the most important thing you can do for us mothers is to point us to Jesus because ultimately that is what's going to make us better mothers. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I was going to do that, but <laughs> whatever. Men, where would we be without women? Amen. 
Some would say we'd still be in the Garden of Eden, but I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Just kidding. Happy Mother's Day. All right, well, today, mothers, my intention is to address you, but in the meantime, I I hope to be addressing all of us in this room. Uh, I think we all can be pointed to Jesus more in our life, Uh, and I think all of us can take away something from today's sermon. So if you're not a mother, still pay attention. Uh, But to start off with this morning, I want to ask you mothers a question, and I want you to think about it, and then if you have a pen, write it down on your little sermon notes in your bulletin if you have it, or if you don't have a pen, just kind of think about it in your mind, but here's the question I want to ask you. When it comes to your identity as a mother, how much of your identity should be drawn from the fact that you are a mother? Okay? Write down a percentage, you know, of what you think. You know, some of you are career moms. Some of you are highly involved in other things. But whatever the case, percentage-wise, how much of your identity should be drawn from being a mother? Should it be 30% from being a mother, 30% from being a wife, 30% from, or 40% from being a career, or would you change it up differently? What do you think? How would you break it down? Write that down or think about it right now. Okay, I'll give you a few seconds. There, there's a correct answer to this. All right. Ready for the answer? Here's the answer. Zero. Zero. Now, some of you who wrote a number, you're quickly scratching that out. Like, I meant zero. It came out differently. That's cursive, actually. But the correct answer to that question is zero. Zero percent of your identity should come from being a mother. And you want to know why? Here's why. Identity should only come from who you are and not from what you do. Get that? It should come from who you are and not from what you do. And guys, who you are, listen to me here, who you are can only be determined by God himself. Women, let me tell you something that you need to never, ever forget. 100% of your identity is to come from who God says you are, not from what you do. And this is who God says you are. Just let me share a few uh, of these things to you. This is what God says you are. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Those of you who have done phase one discipleship, you know what this verse. You've memorized it. But it says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What does God say is true of you? Here it is. You are made in his image. Think about that. Ponder that. Think of how amazing that is. You are created in the image of God. You are image bearers of God. That's who you are. Why? Because God says so. Look at this one in Galatians 3. For all of you (coughs) who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What does God say is true of you? He says you are baptized into Christ. That means you are in Christ. If you believe in Jesus and you're a follower of Christ, then you are clothed with Christ himself. It's a little bit like this analogy here. Let's say that this is you in in 
all of your mistakes, all of your you know, junk that you've dealt with in your life, um, all just your gunk, your sin, this is you. It stands out, okay? Now, if you become a follower of Christ, it says that you have been clothed with Christ. You've been baptized into Christ. You've been immersed into him. So in a sense, here's Christ in all of his glory. You get put into Christ. You get placed in him. You are baptized. You are clothed with Christ. So now when God sees you, who does God see? He sees Christ. He sees Christ in all of his glory, all of his righteousness, all of his, his goodness, everything. He sees Christ's perfection. When God looks at you, he sees the clothing of Christ on you. That's what God says is true of you. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. Think about that. Think of how amazing that is. That is who you are. Look at this one. 2 Corinthians 6.18 I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You see that? You are God's daughter. You're his daughter. That is your identity. That is who you are. Are you seeing this, mothers? You re really need to let this sink in. These are three simple passages who reveal the truth of who you are, and that's what your identity should be drawn from, not from what you do. Now, mothers, don't get me wrong. It is good for you to be a mother. It is good for you to be a good mother. It's a good thing. Being a mom is one of the most important jobs in the world, but being a mom isn't the core of your being. Being a good mom isn't what you should draw your identity from. Being a mom is simply a peripheral task that God has given to you. It isn't what makes you who you are. Now, I realize that this may seem to be rather minute or rather insignificant, but I tell you, it's not. It's what makes all the difference in the world. Because mothers, if you live your life drawing your identity from the core of your being, which is found in Christ and who God says you are, you will be a fantastic mom. But if you live your life drawing your identity from motherhood, you will not only miss out on so much, but you will fall way short of being a good mother. You won't be living your life from the core of your being. And Whitestone, honestly, that applies to all of us. If we draw our identity from anything other than what God says is true of us, man, we're not living from our core and we're missing out. Now, I realize that there may be some of you mothers out there who get a little ticked off when you think about that. You're like, wait a minute here. I, I, I'm a mother, and I'm a darn good one. So why can't I draw my identity from that? Here's why. Because being a mother isn't who you are. It's what you do. And what you do is constantly subject to change. Who you are will never change. You are created in the image of God. You are clothed in Christ Jesus. You are God's daughters. Who you are is way more important than what you do. Don't ever forget that, mothers. In fact, I want all the women in this room to understand that. Who you are is way more important than what you do. That's important for all women to know because there are women in this room who aren't mothers. 
You desperately want to become a mother, but for some reason or another, God hasn't chosen to have you become one yet. So listen to me. Who you are is more important than what you do. You are created in the image of God. You are clothed in Christ. You are God's daughter. You have the same identity as a mother, just a different task. And women, your task is subject to change at a moment's notice. But your identity in what God says is true of you will not. It never changes. It never fades. It never gets moved. It is fixed. It is permanent. Why? Because God says so. And motherhood is simply a task that should flow from your identity and not the other way around. You know, I thought it'd be good this morning to kind of put some contrasts up there to allow us to see this kind of put into everyday action. And, and because we're going to see a big difference be, be from a mother who draws her identity from motherhood or from a mother who draws her identity from what God says. And here's contrast number one. If you have a mother identity, change or conflict having to do with motherhood will cause anxiety. Why? Because it affects your identity. But if you have a God identity, change or conflict having to do with motherhood won't alarm you. Why? Because it doesn't affect your identity. Here's what I mean. I've known many women who were mothers, and when the last child moved out of the house, their lives nearly crumbled. They became depressed. They wept. They walked around like zombies in the home. They, they, they just wondered what their purpose in life was. What was the reason for their existence? And it was so bad for some of them that some of them actually divorced their husbands and made just some horrific decisions in their life. Why? The reason being, they were drawing their identity from being a mother. And once that task was over or significantly different, they had no reason for existence. Unfortunately, they didn't realize that motherhood was simply a temporary task. But their identity of being made in the image of God, of being clothed in Christ and as a daughter of God, never changed throughout the years. They just didn't pay attention to it. They let their task define who they were instead of God. Mothers, don't do that. Don't fall into that trap that I promise you the enemy will be trying to offer you. Don't do it. Contrast number two. If you have a mother identity, when your kids are struggling or failing, you become concerned about yourself. Why? Because your identity is starting to crumble. But if you have a God identity, when your children are struggling or failing, your concern for the child and you're comforted by the fact that your identity will never change. Let me set up a scenario. Let's pretend that you're going to a parent-teacher's conference. And you hear from the teacher that your child isn't doing so well in school. Your child is struggling in his classes. And, and socially, the child just doesn't fit in. And he's acting up and not being a good kid. Well, be honest with yourself here and tell me, how does that make you feel as a mother, do you find yourself being anxious and thinking, oh, I wonder what the teacher's thinking of me here now. She probably thinks I'm a bad mother. She probably thinks the kid has a bad home life. And, and man, we're going to hit Billy's homework hard and we're going to have to go after this because I do not want people thinking that I'm a bad mom. No way. Now, can you see where the focus lies there? Certainly not on the child. 
And guys, I, I'm not a mom. I'm, I'm a father, but I know exactly that feeling. I know what that's like. I've experienced it. I've been to parent-teacher conferences. They're intimidating. You walk into the room. I don't know if you guys can see. But the teacher's sitting in a nice, big, tall, leather executive chair, and they said, you, first you meet them at the door, and they'll say, hi, I'm Mrs. Henderson, and they expect you to call them Mrs. Henderson. I'm like, hi, I'm Luke, you know, hi, and just have a seat. So you sit down in this little thing, and you're looking up at, at them, you know, and they'll ask you, they'll say, how do you think your son's doing? And you're like, well, I, I, think, he's, I think he's doing good. I mean, I, I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe he's, I, actually, he's probably doing terrible, isn't he? I don't know. And you're all nervous, and you're stumbling over your words, and they'll say, well, how do you think he's doing in math? Uh, he's, he's okay. I mean, he, we did some math the other day, and I think he did okay. I, I know, I don't part terrible. They're like, and they kind of look over their glasses at you. And you know, that's intimidating as it, as it is, but when you walk in the door, and you sit down in your little chair, and they say, we have the counselor here, we have the social worker, we have the principal and the teacher. They just thought if we had just kind of a wide range of things, it would just have better help you. And then they ask you the question, how do you think your child's doing? You're like, apparently they're going to jail because I, I don't know what's going on. And you, you walk out of that, that meeting, you're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get after my boys and we're going to hit the homework hard and we're going to do this hard because I'm sick of this feeling like I'm a bad dad. And, and you, so you go home and you yell at your kid and you're like, why, did, why is this going on? Huh? And you get after him. All because your identity is being drawn from what you do not who you are. A God identity will allow a mother to focus on the child without worrying about what other people think of them because she knows that she's a daughter of God and God loves her and that will never change. Her identity is secure because the creator of the universe says so. Contrast number three. If you have a mother identity, then your identity if identity is threatened, rather than be an instrument of blessing, you can become an instrument of cursing. With a God identity, your identity is never threatened. Let me explain. Let me kind of set up a scenario for you. Let's say that your child is going through a time of testing the waters and he or she is trying to spread out their wings and put in their roots and become more and more independent and he or she is trying to push the limits. And we all know how young kids can behave when they're attempting to accomplish that. They become far from perfect. And in their imperfection, they strike out at you and they kind of attack you and they argue with you and they yell at you and they say hurtful things to you. How do you react to that? How do you find yourself responding? Be honest. Because people, I meet with a ton of people who have been cursed emotionally by parents who have lashed out at their kids with words that have wounded terribly. Instead of blessing their children and instilling truth in their lives, they have become instruments of cursing and the damage they do is devastating. Simply because moms and dads didn't function out of their identity in Christ. We've all experienced that. Once again, I'm not a mom, but, you know, as a father, I, I've gone through this. And I remember when my kids were small. I mean, shoot, it doesn't matter what age they are. I remember when my kids were small. My firstborn daughter, she was about three or four years old, we're driving down an I-94. I can remember the exact place. It was like by the G 
exit there on I-94 going towards Waukesha. She's in the back seat, and I'm driving along. She goes, hey, Daddy. I'm like, yeah, sweetheart. I hate you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She goes, I hate you. I'm like, no, you don't, sweetheart. You, you don't mean that. She goes, yes, I do. I don't love you. I hate you. I'm like, honey, don't say those things. Those are very hurtful. You, you shouldn't be saying that, you know? And she's like, well, I don't care. I hate you. I don't love you. And I'm getting all affected and wounded. I'm like, well, you're a dumb little kid, you know? I, why are you saying that? And I'm getting all mad and I'm attacking her because she's saying those things to me. I still remember that moment. Well, a couple kids later, thankfully, I think I matured a little bit. But I was on I-94 again. I think I-94 is a cursed highway in our thing. But we're cruising along, and I'm with Max, my youngest. And he goes, hey, Daddy. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's up? He goes, I hate you. I'm like, what is going on with this? But I was able to say, well, honey, that's too bad because I love you. And he's like, well, I still hate you. I'm like, sorry, honey, you can hate me your whole life, but I am going to always love you. Well, and then he shut up because he didn't know what, how to answer that. So that's the answer. That's what you need to do. You see, when your task as a mother flows from the core of your being, which is what God says is true of you, you will bless your children rather than curse them because even if they are attacking you or threatening you, they can never threaten your identity. Amen, mothers? So next time you find yourself in this scenario, remember you are God's daughter. Your identity can't be threatened. And then act out of this truth in responding to your children and bless them. Here's another contrast. In a mother identity, if the identity is threatened, a mother's advice will be perverted from what is godly and true. In a God identity, because your identity isn't threatened, a mother's advice will be wisdom that flows directly from God's heart. You know, many times a mother in finding her identity in motherhood <clears throat> will need for her child to like her. And in order for her child to like her, she will allow things or suggest things that will be far from godly and right. For instance, uh, my wife has told me a story when she was in high school, she would often go over to her friend's house and, and her friend would go to her dad and say, hey, can we go to, can you drop us off at this gas station so we can hang out with some friends there? And the dad goes, absolutely not. Are you crazy? No, I'm not going to do that. There's nothing good that's going to happen there. And so this girl would go to her mom and then say, hey, mom, uh, dad won't let us go to this gas station. Is there any way that you could drop us off? We just want to spend a couple hours with our friends. Could you take it? Take us there? Dad won't let us. And the mom goes, yeah, don't, don't tell dad. I'll, I'll take you there. I'm cool. And so she took my wife and, and this, her daughter and she drops them off at this gas station where there's a group of guys there and she drives away and she goes, have fun, guys. Remember, let's keep this between you and me. Now, why would a mother do that? Because she wants her daughter to like her. She wants to be in with her daughter. And in doing so, she does something that would have been completely wrong, completely stupid, but she did it because her identity was threatened. Because she was drawing it from what she did. Many times, parents ignore rules. They don't have rules. They don't have boundaries. They don't discipline or so on. Just so their kids 
will like them and affirm their identity as a parent. Remember growing up, we had this little rule in the house. No balls in the house. No throwing balls in the house. I had two boys, so they were whipping balls all the time. And mom says, no, you're going to knock something off the wall. You can't do it. You know, no rules in the house. No balls in the house. And uh, I remember one day we were, I wouldn't say we were throwing the balls. We were just kind of gently throwing them. (laughs) And my wife came in and she's like, um, she goes, Luke, don't throw balls. I'm trying to teach the boys no throwing balls in the house. I'm like, honey, it's not that big deal. We're not throwing. We're just doing this. She walks back upstairs and I said, give me the ball, kill him. And they're all kind of like looking at me like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, dad's cool. You know, we start throwing the ball. And they're like, hey, dad's awesome. We're throwing the ball. That's an experience. That's, a, that's an instance where I was wanting to get my identity from being a cool father and getting my boys to like me. Ignore the rules. Who cares what mom says? I'm the cool dad. Guys, or moms, when your identity flows from what God says is true of you, the wisdom you share with your child will be from God because you're not concerned with what people think of you. You're not concerned with what your child thinks of you. You're concerned with his well-being. So don't be concerned with what your child thinks of you or what others think of you. Keep in mind of what God thinks of you. And advise your child with godly wisdom, not because it'll make you look good, but because it's truth and it's right and it's best for your kids. Moms, your job is so important. God has given you the task of one of the most important jobs in in the world. But remember who you are. You are daughters of God. You are clothed in Christ. You are made in the image of God. You are God's daughters, and he loves you, and he admires you, and he's pleased with you, and he thinks the world of you. The creator of this universe can't stop thinking of you. Did you know that? It says that his thoughts of you are as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. That's a lot of thoughts. He is always thinking about you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. So I don't care what age you are, mothers, teenagers, little girls, you need to realize this, you are God's daughter, and he loves you because you are his daughter, not because of what you do. I have a daughter, and trust me, let me tell you, I love her not because of what she does, but because of who she is. She's my daughter, and that's an important title to me. She does not have to earn my love. She does not have to try to gain my love by what she does. She's not going to have to perform for my love. She receives my love because of who she is, and she is my daughter. And that will never change. You see, as mothers, you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. But guess what? It will not change how God thinks of you. It will not change how much he loves you. It will not change how much he longs to be with you. Why? Because you bear an important title. You are God's daughter. So women, whether you're mothers or not, God Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of this universe, the I am that I I am, the Yahweh who we just sang about just a few moments ago, wants you to know that he loves you. And that he loves you not because of what you have done. He loves you because of who you are. You are made in his image. You are clothed in Christ. 
and you are his daughter. Bask in that. Roll around in that. Marinate in that. Immerse yourself in that because it is huge. And the more you begin to experience that reality, the more it will transform you. The more you will act out who you really are. Now, I realize that it's Mother's Day, but I want to address all of us in this room today because you could basically fill in the blank in this sermon. We all struggle with this. What is it in your life that you are drawing your identity from? What is it? Is it your job? Is it a past mistake? Is it the depression you're struggling with right now? Is it a divorce that you've been through? What is it that you're drawing your identity from? Because here's the truth, your identity has already been set. God has already declared it. Your heavenly Father wants you to know that you are His. You are created in His image. You are His sons and His daughters. And because you're clothed in Christ, He considers you holy and blameless and righteous and perfect and wonderful and amazing and on and on and on it goes. That's your dad. Do you know how much your dad loves you? I hope so. Because when you begin to experience it, it will change you. It will transform you. So get to know your true identity. Amen? Let me pray for you real quick. Heavenly Father, I pray that the truths we talked about today might begin to fill our hearts and minds. And may we draw our identity from who you say we are and not from what we do. And may we ignore the lies that try to tell us to do otherwise. God, bless our mothers today. May they experience a great big hug from you. In Jesus' name, amen.